1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. mobilecom Music from the replacements. And somebody who understands that better than any of us is the author of a book called Euphoric Recall. Peter Jesperson joins me this morning to talk about the book, to talk about his life, to talk about music in the Twin Cities here in the uh, few minutes that we've got. Peter, good morning. Uh, Thanks for being on with me. Uh, John Hines, happy to have this chance to uh, chat with you this morning. How you doing?
0: I'm doing good. It's an honor to be on with you, John. Thank you for asking.
1: You know, reading through Euphoric Recall and uh, I think many of us, well, but probably a good number of us, understand that title and the in uh, the definition of it. But uh, reading early on in the book, the uh, when you talk about the why and the how. You talk about your first real interest as a young man. Made me think in doing the math from what you wrote and everything else about your age and it back in 1958. It makes me think, you know what? I think I'm just about a year older than you are. But that's not important. What is important is the music that turned you on when you were very very young, you mentioned uh, the safaris and Wipeout uh, among those songs at that particular time. The things that just kind of grabbed you. How often, when you think back, do you think about the uh, the influences, the music that first grabbed your attention, Peter?
0: Well, I think I think back on it quite a lot. I, I feel like um, you know, for me, I was I, I think I was about four and a half when uh, the the first song that I remember hearing. Uh, kind of struck me, hit me hard, so to speak. And that was all I have to do is dream by the Everly Brothers. Um, and I, I always uh, look back on that and I think, well, I, I guess I set a pretty high bar for myself because uh, I don't think, uh, especially in harmony singing, it doesn't get any better than that. Well,
1: there is that. Yeah, I like that, too. And you start to realize, you don't even realize at that age what it is you're hearing, but it's just like, this sounds really good. So, hey, uh, something else. Yeah, growing up in South Minneapolis, as I did, uh, and traveling 26th Street in South Minneapolis, heading west from my neighborhood, uh, as approaching Lindale, I would see Orfolk Jokopus. And this is something that played a very important part of your life, the record store uh, or folk joista. Uh, tell me about that connection.
0: Well, that was uh, I, I um, was a, a record hound from a pretty young age. I, I first bought my records in the suburbs uh, where I grew up in Minnetonka, Hopkins area, and I did my shopping at the Knollwood Shopping Center in a place called Record Lane, which eventually turned into Musicland. But when I started getting more adventurous and I'd go downtown, uh, I would shop at Music City, for instance, or Pyramid Records over on First Avenue, um, some of the uh, more eclectic record stores, I guess. But um, they were always run by, uh, you know, older folks and and businessmen. And so uh, gradually the um, younger people started taking over the record stores. and And the first place I really shopped at was the Electric Fetus uh, first independent record store i should say that i shopped at was the electric fetus over on the west bank but that led me to uh, uh you know just seeking out all the other record stores that were opening in that boom of the late 60s uh early 70s and and i discovered one called north country music and that was over uh, originally over by lake calhoun had a couple other locations before it landed there at 26th and lyndale in your neighborhood john and um So that was, uh, at a certain point, it was North Country Music, and then it became Orfolk Joke Opus when it was taken over by a new owner. And I was simply offered a job by the new owner uh, in the spring of 1973. And um, I was in there uh, probably almost every day uh, on my way to work at the Guthrie Theater when I was in high school. And so I became familiar to those people, and, and they offered me a job.
1: Well, yeah, I forgot about your connection to the Guthrie uh, back in the day. Also, though, we started out this this conversation, Peter, talking, talking with Peter Je- Jesperson, and the book is Euphoric Recall, uh, brand new, just came out um, a couple of weeks back. But we started out with The Replacements, and The Replacements proved to be pivotal uh, in your life, in your m- musical
0: maturation, I
1: guess would be the best way to say it.
0: Oh, absolutely. It was, uh, it was the discovery of a lifetime, really. I mean, I've worked with uh, lots of different groups. I've been fortunate to work with some unbelievable songwriters and musicians and singers. And um, uh, But I think the experience I had uh, running into the replacements in the spring of 1980 was uh, one of the most important things that happened to me in, in my career. Uh, Paul Westerberg, the lead singer of the band, brought me a demo tape that had four songs on it. And it just lit me up. I, I hadn't heard. I was um, I was receiving a lot of demos. We had started an independent record label called Twin Tone Records. And I was also uh, a disc jockey at the Longhorn, kind of an underground punk rock new wave bar downtown Minneapolis on Fifth and Hennepin. And um, so I was getting a lot of submissions and and Westerberg had given me the tape to get a job at the Longhorn, try to get his band a a gig at the Longhorn opening for somebody. Uh, And uh, I mistook it for him submitting it to get a record deal. And so I actually asked him, are you thinking about doing a 45 or a full LP? And there was a long pause on the phone and he said, (laughs) oh, my God, you think this stuff is worth recording? I was just trying to get a gig at the Longhorn. So I said, I can help you get a gig at the Longhorn, but I, uh, I do think we should talk about recording. And that really is um, a, another very simple way that that began.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we, you mentioned Twin Tone. Uh, later on, the, 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 uh, the development of New West after Twin Tone went by the wayside, New West came up next. I, I love, tell me briefly the story because you had some some pretty darn good talent on new west including one of my all time favorites chris christopherson tell me about that meeting where he walked in to the room and you weren't even facing the door but you realized who it was
0: well we uh the gentleman who owned new west was uh cameron strang uh a music uh entertainment law person who uh came from vancouver british columbia and was living in los angeles and started a record label In 19, what year would that have been? 1998. And I came along in 1999. We had kind of closed Twin Tone down in in 1998. And I was looking for something, you know, what was next on my horizon. And uh, apparently this Cameron Strang got wind of my being between jobs, so to speak. And uh, he got in touch and uh, we started talking. And um, it was very interesting. I was living in Los Angeles at the time. I'd moved there in 1995, and um, so we had a meeting uh, that I thought, oh, this is probably going to be a quick meeting. We'll we'll sit down and talk, and we'll see how we feel about each other. We ended up sitting there talking for five hours, and um, and uh, I really just liked the way he thought about the music business. I I actually asked him, I said, I, I've already been with a label, you know, our own label that we started in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Uh, For about 20 years now, what's what's the goal with your with with your label? And he kind of looked at me very thoughtfully and he said, you know, I'd like to create a place where people can make a living doing what they love to do. Ah. And he was uh, referring to not only the artists on the label, but the staff. And so that's how that relationship began. And we started uh, really we were pretty fearless reaching out to people, uh, even though we were a small, unproven label. Um, I think the first big artist we brought in was uh, Delbert McClinton, yep. and uh, yep. we we uh, convinced him to uh, jump on board, and uh, that record ended up uh, being, uh, the first record we made with him was called Nothing Personal. We sold about 125,000 copies of the record and won a Grammy for Best uh, um, uh, Americana Record not a, uh, at the Grammys that year, so
1: not that was a bad pretty amazing, start,
0: and
1: Peter. that was uh, not, not a bad, a bad start, st- it really was no. Hey, listen, I, I'm running up against the clock here, so I, I need to, uh, I would just want to remind people, the book is called Euphoric Recall. It's a great look at music, uh, the Twin Cities and beyond, and somebody who was there uh, sort of uh, shepherding the entire project all the way along, Peter Jesperson, author of Euphoric Recall. Hey, thanks for joining me this morning here on News Talk 830, WCCO. Thank you so much, John.